0: Okay, so um, today is the eighth of Tavis, which makes Tuesday be the tenth of Tavis, which is the fast of the tenth of Tavis. So we're going to learn a little bit about what that's all about. Um, so we're going to start from the what the Torah, the apostles describes in um, the book of Kings two Malachim base chapter twenty five, which I believe is the very last chapter of Malachim judging by the fact that I can't scroll past it. Yeah, you see next is the book of Isaiah. Um, so we go down to chapter 25. Oh, I clicked it by mistake, hold on. Um, the book of Isaiah of, of Kings starts at the beginning, at the beginning of this chapter, and in the ninth year of the reign of the Nebuchadnezzar. In the 10th month, now we know in the Hebrew calendar, we start counting the months from Nisan. So Nisan, Eros, Sivan, Tammuz, Ov, Tish, Elul, Tishrei, Cheshren, Kislev, Teves. Teves, the month that we're in right now, is the 10th month. But also in the 10th day of that month. The king of Bovel came with his whole army and camped against Jerusalem they built a siege around it. I'm sorry. When I said before the ninth year, it means the ninth year of the reign of Tzidkiyahu, who was the king in Jerusalem, um, in Yehuda, which is the southern kingdom. Um, and then on the tw- and, and the, the city came under siege until the twelfth year of Tzidkiyahu. Um, let's stop there for a second um now just for clarity's sake it says here that the siege started in the ninth year until the 11th year and the 11th year on tishabot is when the base the on, on shivasa is when they actually well actually that's not true well in tammuz they breached the wall there's some discussion as maybe we'll talk about that next time next week if um, in the, for the destruction of the first temple, if that happened on the 17th of Tammuz or on a different date in Tammuz, but either way, that was certainly in the month of Tammuz. And then a few weeks after that, um, on Tisha B'Av, the base of Mikdosh was destroyed. Now, how many years did this siege last? So it says from the ninth year until the eleventh year, but actually the pastures, that means it was only, it was for 18 months because the first mission in Rosh Hashanah tells us that the, New year for kings starts in Nissan. So if this happened in Teves in the ninth year, then three months later in Nissan started the tenth year. Twelve months later in Nissan started the eleventh year, and um, so it's, it's 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 about eighteen months from when the laid siege to Jerusalem until the base of Mikdash was destroyed, and then there was still somewhat of a Jewish <coughs> settlement that Nebuchadnezzar allowed to remain in Eretz Yisrael until two months later um, on Rosh Hashanah or the day after Rosh Hashanah when Gedalia ben Achikam was killed and that was the final blow. Okay, um, now this this siege was a, a, a pretty bad siege. It was uh, I mean some sefer brings that Yerushalayim was actually besieged a number of times, but this one was really bad. And the pasuk which I did not put on the screen near Miyahu peraklamet base. Moshe Chavdalid says that really this siege was it was it was very strong and as we know it led it led to what it led to to the destruction. The same siege is actually described again in two places in the Book of Yirmiyahu in Peraklamates and in Perakrum Base. Okay, um, <coughs> now this date of Batavis. so we have the prophet in Eretz Yisrael at the time whose name is. Who's the prophet in there at at the time of the Khurban? Yirmiah. Yirmiah Hanavi was the very unpopular prophet who at the time was actually in prison, in, imprisoned by Titkio HaMalach because of his, um, because there was no spe- free speech. And if you were saying things that the king didn't like, he put you in jail. At the same time, Hanani ben Azur and other false prophets were going around telling everything, everyone that don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And at the same time, we have another prophet living in <coughs> Babel. And he, he already went to Babel a number of years earlier. I'm not an expert on history, but I would assume, you know, in the Megillah, and we say that Mardchai came to Babel earlier. Mardchai came to Babel, at the beginning of chapter two, it says in Yochania. Right? The goles of Yochania happened, I think, about 10 years before this. Um, so... I assume that that's when Yechezkel went to Bavel also. Otherwise, what was he doing there? Um, so, in Yehoshua, in chapter twenty-four, he says like this: "The word of Hashem came to me. You could read it along in English as well. the ninth year. So, we're talking about the same year. Ben Adam, man, write down on a piece of paper this very day." <laughs> and on this very day, Yerushalayim was besieged, right? So the tenth, the ninth year, the tenth month, the tenth day, on this very day, write it down, Hashem tells him to write down the day, and this is the day that Melapov was besieged, and now it's going to be bad, and continues um, with this whole metaphor, this whole um, parable that you're going to put the, the pot on the fire, and you're going to put in all the pieces of meat, and that's a metaphor for Yerushalayim being a melting pot, and not all the pieces of meat Rashi says is, um, uh, what is the meat? It's yeah, so the, the Yushalayim being the, 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 the melting pot is is, is, a, is a metaphor for limes destruction. And then at the end of this chapter, and um, it says, this is, a, I think this is actually the after, no, no, at the end of this chapter, it says, and now, you son of man, let's do the next one, 26. On that day, the few. how do you read that word? Fugitive? Fugitive. Fugitive Fugitive will come to let you hear with your own ears. And on that day, on that day, when the fugitive comes, you will be able to speak, you will no longer be mute, and this will be a sign for them. And what that means is, um actually let's just see one more place where the post says the same thing. In a few chapters later, Empirical with Gimel. Um also Kof Aleph and Khaf Base. It says, um <coughs> now came to pass in the 12th year. listen to this. The 12th year. So this is already um, depending on when the year, year counts, but uh, this is after Tishugov. Um he seems ready to be counting. Sometimes the count switches. If I understood correctly from the first, in the Gemara Shoshana talks about how within the same counting, sometimes we switch to counting from Misan and counting from Tishrei. I believe this is when it talks about Siri in the 10th month, it means um Tishrei Cheshur and Kislev Tevis five months after Tishrei. So five months after the destruction, on the fifth day of the month, so the fifth day of Tevis, Hey Tevis, yeah. Bayulay ha'polit mir'shalayim, the fugitive came mir'shalayim, telling us that the city was struck. And now the hand of the Lord has been upon me in the evening before the coming of the future. If you open my mouth, coming, um, before his coming in the morning, and my mouth was opened and I was no longer mute. So again, we have twice, both in chapter 24 and in chapter 33, um, this thing about his prophesying and his no longer being mute. And the Mepharshim explained, I'll show you quickly here in the Adak, that basically um, Yechazkel as well as Yermia were combating uh, against all these false prophets. So by Yechezkel writing down on the piece of paper that on the 10th day of Teves the king of Bava besieged Jerusalem, and then however long later, the fugitive comes, Bavayah Palit, and says that that's in fact what happened. So now we know that Yechezkel was a true prophet. And that's what it means, that he was no longer mute and he was able to speak because now he had won the trust of the people that he was indeed a true prophet. And it seemed like a similar thing happened twice, both with the, the siege of the city and with the Khurban. And uh, the Radak is actually surprised that wow, why did it take so long for the Jews and Babel didn't find out about the Khurban until so many months later. that hasn't made, but just... so This was,
1: this
0: was uh, Yes. Yeah, no you been... was uh, locked away at the time? Well, by this point, so I, if I recall correctly, by the time of the Khurban, uh, he was out of jail. Right, Yir-Mir wasn't. Then he, but he, stayed in Eretz He didn't go to Babylon, and he, his, he was then his loyalist was Baruch Ben Um I have somewhere in my head that they somehow ended up in Egypt, but I, I could be wrong. Anyway, um, so here it says, yeah, the, the prophecy. This is the Radak his commentary in Echazko that the Neboah came to him on the tent of Tavis, that on that day the king of Baal besieged Shalayim, and Hashem told him to write down that day and show the people, the Jews over there in Bavel, that on that day the king of Baal besieged, and afterwards when they will hear from the reporters that in fact on that day um Melech besieged don't know that he's true, and they won't listen to the false prophets anymore, etc. Okay, now what does it mean by etzim ayah on this very day. Um, yeah, so okay, he says that he gets into a grammatical thing that if you don't have something then it couldn't refer to the day of the week. And I want him to write the day of the month. But we'll soon see that that has another connotation as well. Okay. <coughs> now, so basically, what we've seen so far is what happens on Asar And And Asar Batavis is when the king besieges of or besieges Jerusalem, and that, that brings to uh, the ultimate downfall of Jerusalem and the Khurban. And this was also a very important date, which Hashem saw to it to Tali to write down this very day, and that that was what um, that was when the Jewish people and Hei Tavis, the fifth of Tavis. A few years later, is when the member of the Jewish people community in Babel found out about the Chorban, and that was the time that, uh, and, and that was when Yechazkel's prophecy, or his status of a prophet was really, um, uh, festgestalt was established without beyond uh, critique. Okay, Now, the apostle tells us that there are, there's a apostle in Zechariah, this is actually in the prophecies for um, good times. It tells us that there are four fast days: Soymaravi, the fast of the fourth; Soymachamisha, the fast of the fifth; Soymashvi, the fast of the seventh; the Soymarasi, and the fast of the tenth. Now, what do these different numbers refer to? So, as you can see in the translation, they've said it means the months. What is that? So, let's go through it. Soymaravi is the fast of the fourth month. Which fast is in the fourth month? Seventeenth of Tammuz, right? Nisan, year Tammuz. then you have Say the fast of the fifth month is B'Av. soim the fast of the seventh month
1: is
0: and, uh, right and then <coughs> you have the fast of the tenth month so what is the fast of the tenth month so there is a magluke in the gemara Hashanah. what does the fast of the tenth month actually mean um, so let's see. I did not put the Gemara on the screen, now. let's get it up quickly here, um, so we can follow along. So far, yeah. Okay. So we start off by quoting this pasuk, and. Um, bum, bum, bum. Okay, so <coughs> the beginning of this piece is that Rab Shimon says that there are a few, there are a number of things, four things, which him, myself, Reb Shimon, and with Reb Shimon Yechai and uh, Reb um, uh, d- d- um, disputed about um, these things. And one of them is Saima Siri. So he says like this. So Saima Siri. this is, he's right. so quoted, first he's quoting a What does a say? A says, soima Siri. let's see if you can turn the whole thing on the screen. Okay, the soymar Siri, It's the tent of When the king of Babel besieged now you'll see in the pasuk it doesn't actually use the word samach. It, 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 samach literally means to to come close. The pasuk uses a different word, but the Gemara uses the word samach, and we'll address that later on. But the malach bavel besieged and he quotes the pasuk. And why is it called? So why does the pasuk call this them fast of the tents? Because it's the 10th, it's the 10th month. This should have really been the first thing that the Pasuk says, because that's what happened first. First, he besieged the city, then he breached the wall, then he destroyed the temple, then was killed. So chronologically, um with besieging the city should have come first in the Pasuk. So why does the Pasuk enumerate Soyim HaAsiri? Yeah, we saw here, the 10th the month comes the last, Right. In order, in order to enumerate the months in the order. So we're not going chronologically of the way things happened, we're going in the order of the month. The first, the first starting from this one, the first is the fourth month, Tammuz of Tishri. Okay. Even though it happens to have some, oh.
1: that
0: order also. <coughs> what do you mean? It has that order just with one exception. Right, right. <laughs> no, I disagree. It's Hei Tevez, the 5th of Tevez. That's when the the rumor, or the the report, came to Bavel, to the diaspora, that the city had been hit. And he brings a positive from Yerkesko. And the Chacham said, we're going to fast on the 5th of Tevez, because they... um, they made the day of the report of destruction, like the day of the actual burning to a fast on that day. And we find that actually expressed in halacha as well, that if somebody, somebody has to sit shiva upon the, the passing of a relative. So even if the relative passed away a long time ago, certainly in the case of a sibling, in the case of a parent, if a person finds out years after the fact that a parent died, so then he has to he has to sit shiva not for this less it's not for the whole day it's for one day whatever there's, 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 there's limitations on it but there are certain practices of mourning such as rendering garments that a person has to do um, when he hears of bad news even if the bad news is old so similarly over here now according to Reb Shimon yechais interpretation where we're fasting not on the tenth of the tenth month um, when the city was besieged but rather on the fifth of the fifth month when the city was,
1: it was, it when, was, it when, was when the, the room
0: came. So now the pasuk is chronologically correct because the 10th month refers to something that happened after everything else, not something that happened before everything else. Now, before we continue, I want to ask you to open the sidurium in front of you. Page um, 427. Okay, so this is the slichas that we say. I'm sorry, I don't have this to put on the screen, but just follow along. If you have a siddur to hand, open it up to the slichas for the 10th of Teves, And <coughs> one of the biyotim that we say, starts with the words, Askura I recall the calamities which have befallen me. And um, perhaps we'll have time to review some more details on this period later on today, but just um, to start off with, it starts off with the words, in our Siddur, in Chabad Siddur, it starts off with the words, B'shalish, Marcus, he, he struck me three blows on this month, and we'll see soon what the three blows are. But the are brought in other Sidurim, um, and he brings it already in the Eutzerat Phyllis, That actually a more correct girsa would be to say that I had four things in this month, and we'll see soon what the other two are, but we're counting three. One of the three is the fact that the city was besieged. And according to the reading that it's supposed to be four, um, what we're actually saying is um, that we're counting two things both the besieging of the city and also the, um, the, the report coming back to the diaspora um, the next, uh, all those years later, on the fifth day of Tabus. Now, if you turn the page to page 428, You'll see something. We're going to discuss the other two soon, but the main thing I want to get to is the first line on page four twenty eight. Now, first, I'm just going to read it with the translation as it is in the Siddur, but then after what we've just learned, you should you should be able to readily see that there's actually a lot more going on over here than is indicated in the translation. And we've had time to discuss in the past. We had a Bashar a few months ago give a class on Piot and how this so much more than meets the eye with the plain translation. So, 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 so there's the right, I'll read it in Hebrew and then in English. <coughs> of course, everything rhymes and there's the right amount of syllables, but, I, but that, we're not going into that. Let's read that in the English, starting from on the English side of the page, it's um, this, end of the second line. In Teves. the tenth of the monthly sequence was God's fury roused. With wailing and lamentation, I opened my mouth. My heart is aflame with a series of calamities which commenced when the fugitive came to me and said the city of Jerusalem was defeated. Right. Now again, it, it's, it's, in my, reading it now, I, I, I will acknowledge that it's hard to see this um, just reading from the English. And let, me, let, me, let me finish one. It's hard to see this just reading from English, but Having seen this Gemara now in Rosh Hashanah, and now looking at the Hebrew words, you can't not see it. He's clearly saying two different things. He starts off with saying what is translated as the 10th of the month, monthly sequence. The words in the Hebrew are minyan seidar chadashim. That is an allusion to the opinion of Rebekiva Kiva. That says that the Pasuk Tzayim HaRavi, sorry, is in that order, not because... Um, chronologically, that's how it happened, but because the Pasuk wants to enumerate the four fasts in the correct order of the months. So, the, the, according to the, the this is how the, the, I would translate this line. "Minyan According to Rabbi Kiva, who's reading the Pasuk in the monthly sequence, we're fasting on the 10th because that's when the, the that's when the the, 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 the the city was besieged. And then Seder Puranios, which is the exact words of Reb Shimon ben Yekhei, um, of Reb Shimon, where he says, um, I think it's a, maybe it's not his exact words, but anyway, that's clearly what he's saying. That 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 according to Reb Shimon, we're not talking here about the order of the month, but we're going with the Puranios with the chronological order on which the calamities happened. Then I'm talking about about not when the city was besieged, <laughs> but the day in which the fugitive came to tell me that the city was defeated, right? right? So again, I, there's no way, I mean, first of all, there's no way you would know that just from reading the Hebrew if you didn't know the Gemara. And there's certainly no way you would pick it up in the English, but it's very clearly that the Python is is, is, is expertly weaving into the, the piot the two different interpretations in the Gemara on, and it's actually a brysa, uh, on this on this puzzle. And by the way, we find that the python often often does that that he interprets um that that even though the 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 two opinions might uh, sort of in some level be mutually exclusive he (laughs) includes both of them in the in his piyutim. and just for reference sake an interesting point and there's a toysus in the gemara that it's um, where toysus points out that within the piyutim from we find in the gemara there's a because when was the world created was the world created in, in Elul and Tishrei, like we say in Rosh Hashanah, or was the world created in Nisan? And um Therese says that what but, but we, we find in the Gemara, it's clearly seen as Machloikas, but we find in the piyutim of Rebelezer HaKaler, um, he, he, both are true. In other words, that he references both in his Piyotim He mentions both Rosh Hashanah being the beginning of the world, and his Piyotim for Nisan He mentions Nisan being the beginning of the world. And Toisus uses the word Elova Kim which is interesting because the Gemara uses Elova Chaim both the words of the Living God in regards to Hillel and Shammai. But Toisus applies this to the two opinions about when the creation was the world when of the world was. And Toisus then says that the similar we find. That, 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 that They're both true because one is in in, in Meisa, one is Machshava. The world was created, b'Machshava, all b'Machshava, to create the world in Nissan. But in actuality, it wasn't created until Tishrei, which is something that anybody who's learned this is familiar with. That thesis from there. Um, so, so, so to hear the Python. Whoever I don't know who the author of this Piot was. Uh, oh, he says it, it was.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. In in the siddur each atvila he says that the name of this of the of the python his name is Yosef, and that the end of every sentence is a, a quote of a pasuk. Of course, it rhymes and has many other features. Anyway, um, but the point is that the fact that um, two mutually exclusive interpretations of the pasuk, the tzemar siri mean the fifth of Teves and tzemar siri mean the tenth of Teves, are only one well. The point is that there is some level on which they're both true, and that's why the Python includes them both over here in this period. Okay. Now, what is so that we so saw? This
1: mm. is this is um, difficult, right? Because we're mourning something. What exactly? My You know what I mean? Like, okay. So very good. i, 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 I was supposed to express certain emotions, and that's it's difficult to say. Very well, good. Which one is
0: it? Oh okay very good <laughs> i i, I, I we'll, we'll, we won't we're going to get no we're going to get back to that we're going to get back to that um <coughs> Biketra, i'll just say right now that of course la halacha it's one because the fast is on the tenth of davis not on the fifth of davis so we paskening like a but that's there's still there's, there's what we do in practice which is you follow one we can't can't you can't you can't light one candle the first day of chanukah and light eight candles the first day of chanukah you can only do one in practice but in theory, a came high, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same here as well. But before we go there, um, we mentioned already that there were three or four things that happened on our side of the table. So what are the other things? So um,
1: what's my papers? This is the the fast that it theoretically fell, fell out. No, we, we, gonna... What's wrong with you? I do not know, know, know you to talk about that. Just... dare you? <laughs> All right. Something
0: interesting. Okay. So we have, we have like this. One of the other things that happened on Asar Batavis is Targum HaTorah LeYuvonish. Tami um, HaMalach had ordered the Torah translated into Yuvonish, into Greek. And this was considered a tremendous calamity. Why was this, why is this such a bad thing? Um, so Bepashtus, the reason is because the Torah cannot be translated accurately into another language. And this caused, um, and, and this was indeed the, it's brought, it brought in Svarim, and I'll read you soon what Yitzhak Fila says, that this was indeed the catalyst for tremendous distortion of the Torah that happened um, as as a result. Um, Just to quote you the way it is in Chazal, um, for example, you have in the Seyfrim, Parakalaf ala Chazayin, that there was a story with five elders who told told them to translate the Torah into Greek. And that day was as difficult for the Jewish people as the day on which they made the golden calf. And it says, then there's another Ma'isah brought them, in which the Chidot says that these two stories happened in close proximity to each other, that he called 72 zakenim, and he put each of the 72 Zakanim to translate the Torah into a separate room. <coughs> and Each one translated it accurately, and they, there was a, certain changes that they decided to make, and that it was miraculous that they all had the same inspiration to make it, um, the exact same changes. And the Yitzhak Phyllis, he has a whole long discussion here about whether they, because the, the piot says, that the king of Greece forced me to translate the Torah into Yavan. And he has all discussion of whether there was actually force and whether they could have gotten out of it. But certainly, he says, they thought they had no way out of it. So um, it's, it's brought also in, in somewhere, in, I don't remember the exact source, that the Torah, or maybe it's Megillah's Tanis. Yeah, And Tanis. Megilistanis Tanis is a very, very old work, much older than the Mishnah. And over there, at the very end of Megillah's Tanis, it says... That on the eighth of Teves, on the eighth of Teves, is when the Torah was translated into Greek by Talmai um, in the days of Talmelach, and, and it was then dark in the world for three days. Now we'll see soon that we're talking about three or four things that happened on our Sarabatavis, for which we're fasting on our Sarba but they didn't all happen in us on, on the tenth day of the month. They happened around that time. So now we're seeing already one of them happened on the eighth of the month, and we've already seen that one of them perhaps happened on the fifth day of the month. And in fact, there is a svar abroad, I alluded to this earlier, and again, we might visit this again next month, uh, next week, but the fast of the fourth month, which we commemorate on the, 14th, on the 17th of Tammuz, um, actually, um, uh, uh, the question is whether we should do it on the 17th of Tammuz, which is when they breached the wall during this destruction of the second temple or um, on, I think, the ninth of the month or some other day of the month, when the, the the wall was breached in the first temple and one of the one of the as far as mentioned and i forget where is that the that it doesn't really matter what day of the month it just has to be sometime in that month so yeah because the possible refers to them as the fast of the fourth month so there's truth to both like you said well which one is it we fast on the 10th month for all of the things that happened in the 10th month so Obviously, we're fasting on the 10th of the 10th month, so there's something special about that day, but we could also be commemorating things that happened on the 8th and the 9th and the 5th. And here we have a, an explicit mention from the Mughinistanist that on the, when they translated the Torah into Greek, it happened, um, it, it was dark in the world for three days, which of course brings us to the 10th of Davis. Now Now, um, <coughs> so... In, in different places you'll see how the translation of the Torah brought to tremendous disastrous distortions of the Torah. I'll just read to you what he says in the Eitzat Phyllis. He says, but, uh, here he says that this story of Talmi HaMelech happened about 100 years before the story of Hanukkah. Right? Now, I haven't researched the history in depth, but that matches very well with what he says here in, in, in Eitzat in, in Phyllis. He says, um, The reason why this was such a terrible thing that the Torah was translated was because you can't accurately translate the Torah into another language. This was the catalyst for the Torah being forged, as indeed happened later. Ari, we discussed this recently with the Targum Hashivim, what's called the Septuagint, he calls it the Septuagint, yeah, the Septuagint. um, That a lot of forgeries of the Torah come from um, the the, the non Jewish scholars' access to it being through the Septuagint. And he said (laughs) it's almost impossible to recognize the true Torah from the Septuagint. And he says many of the the Jewish Hellenists from those days who had a, t- took a tremendous role, had a tremendous role in the leadership of the Jewish people, their sole access to the Torah was through this Septuagint, was through this forgery. Philo.
1: is
0: a good example. Philo, say, tell us more. Philo of Alexandria. Stop. <laughs> um, I'm going to go on a Alexandri, The famous philosopher, you did Alexandri, which you're telling me his English name is Philo?
1: Philo.
0: Yeah, you did why is Philo, you did I don't know.
1: Maybe, Israel,
0: maybe, did this, maybe Philo just means philosopher? I think, probably, yeah. From Alexander? Maybe he had a Greek name also. Okay. Um, That's Josephus. Right? Also knew the Greek so he's saying that part of all our problems come, and this is why we're fasting on the because Philo and Josephus are examples of Jewish Hellenists. Again, history is not my strong point. <laughs> but... Yeah, so we'll tell us more about Philo. What was he about?
1: I mean, there's all these examples where you know he either went more machmer than or more mekel than Chazal, and like a good example would be abortion or whatever, or, or causing an abortion to heal. If you if you caused a woman to have a miscarriage in the first month, then that would be that would be um, one kind of punishment, and if it was. If it happened in the second trimester or third trimester, you would get the death penalty. And it was all based on the word ason. And and, in Greek means formed. And in Hebrew, it means catastrophe, right? So he based on that. And in Greek, ason means what? They didn't translate the word ason. They just put the word ason. Uh, so when he saw that in, in the Greek, that "so" means form, the word "form." <laughs> so he grabbed the passage. <laughs> but but not when, when we I say mean, the word "septuagen," the septuagen
0: that we have today is not the original septuagen no. that they made. But did he? Did Philo have access to the original Septuagint? I believe so. Right. Didn't
1: Josephus write uh, one of the first exact so I know
0: Josephus is famous for his history books. The Wars of what's it was called the War. No, 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 Josephus wrote, uh, what's it called? The Wars of Israel, it's called in English, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe he also wrote
1: in as
0: well. Yeah. Ah, you you know? it's Josephus, no? Yeah. So. He says, he right. says that he wrote the history, no? He wrote a book of history. That means the scribe of
1: history. Mm-hmm. Okay, what well, else? In Josephus actually, I think, implemented that penalty for some cases. Oh, wow. or based on his reading of the bus thats thats serious,
0: no? Yeah. Death pe- <laughs> unwarranted death penalty is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <coughs> now, so um, now, what 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 else happened on on the tenth on, on, on We're still talking about three things. Now, so the, the where does it come from that it's three things, right? Because we have either two gears. It's three things or four things. So the the, the question of three or four. We already know where that question comes because, as the Machlokes, Rav and Erb- Erb- Shimon, are we counting the besieging of the city, or are we counting the, 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 the report coming to, to the ex to the exile to the diaspora? So, really, it's only one of those two. And this period P- we happen to be coming to, uh, counting both. But there's another two things. So, one of the other things is the Targum, the, the translation of the Torah. What's the other thing? So the, 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 that thing happened on the tenth of Tavis. The Targum on the, targum on the eighth of Tavis. Something happened on the ninth of Davis. And the Megillus Thinus, which we said before, is a very old book. It says, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the ninth of Tevez, um, the our sages did not tell us what it is. So something really bad happened on the ninth of Davis, but we're not telling you what it is. Okay, so what is it? So, <clears throat> sounds
1: really
0: bad. Right. <laughs> so in, in many sources, it brings here from the Colboy and you can find many, many sources for this, that um, on the ninth of Teves is the death of Ezra. Okay, now, the death of Ezra, Ezra Asafer, Ezra, Ezra is a really, really important figure in Cloudy Song. In fact, the Gemara says about him, perhaps um, the biggest compliment you could possibly give uh, is God, I mean, he, would, he would be if it wasn't for Moshe being the receiving of Torah,
1: would have been answered, right, right.
0: That Ezra should have given us the Torah, but he couldn't because Moshe already did it, <laughs> <laughs> right? And in fact, but he's <clears throat> Ezra could stop sharing the screen over here. <laughs> the sources. Um, <clears throat> Ezra Ha-Safir is, um, yeah, he would have given, and in fact. He did make the Torah again. First of all, he introduced, or let's say reintroduced, Ksav Ashuri, which is the Aleph base we know the way we know it, as opposed to the way it was before, which was Ksav Ivery, which Google it, you'll find some very strange looking letters. Um, uh, the numerous takhanas that we do, um, the fact that we read the Torah every Monday and Thursday, was instituted by Ezra, as again, as a way of making the Torah part of our lives. Famously, this Tfilas Ezra, which Chasidim was still that that, that Ezra said that if a person has a seminal omission, he should not pray or study Torah without going to mikvah, which Chesedim do their best to still keep, even though, uh, strictly speaking, it's, not, it's no longer the halacha, and many, many other important things that Ezra did. So uh, so, 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 the fast of Ezra, the ninth, the ninth of Teves, which you commemorated the tenth of Teves is the yard site of Ezra HaSoyfer, and it's also the yard site of his colleague, Yechezkel, that's what's brought, I don't know why I saw that, but yeah, it's brought in a number of places that it's a yard set of both of them. Now, the... Uh, well, why not mention that? Hold, hold on. A oh, oh one, second again, yeah, one second. But before we get there... Yeah,
1: not with you, okay? <laughs> 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 But before before that, before... Chosach me'olay me'il
0: haid sefer I don't have in front of me, know, just see yeah, the English, that um, on the nights I was subject to God's wrath with shame and disgrace. He divested me of my mantle of glory and um, on this day was taken away the giver of goodly words, Ezra the scribe. So the, the, the in the in the is disturbed by this because he says like well, what shame and disgrace is there in the fact that Ezra died? I mean, that's the Messiah may also died, <laughs> So he says that actually there's a shit in the Gemara that Ezra HaSoyfer is the same person as Malachi. So Malachi is the last of the prophets. So he says, we're not, we're not fasting and, and mourning and sort of the, the, the shame and disgrace of the fact that Ezra died per se, but it's more mourning the end of an era the end of the era of prophecy, which that's something which affects scholars all till today the, 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 again, again, we've discussed in the past, exactly what it means. And uh, that certainly according to the members understanding of it, it doesn't mean that there's no longer any prophecy, but um, subject of another discussion, but whatever it was, Ezra's death, according to that opinion, that he is the same person as Malachi, marks the end of an era um, for Israel. Now, what else? What else happened on the ninth of Davis and why is it a secret? So, two things here. First of all, in this page that I have, which I found online, he quotes from the Rama, and the Ramah has a period from the Miklel Esther called Mechir and he quotes from there that the ninth of Tavis is the day that Esther was taken to Achashverish. I looked it up in Mechir and as far unless I'm missing something, or maybe there's different versions of the Mechir it doesn't say that there. I mean, it says that that's the day that Esther died. Um, so it's the art side of, of Esther, um, completely original, and with as far as I can tell, no a very strong source for it, but kind of a guess made by Shlomo Fisher. Shlomo Fisher was a tremendous, tremendous guy, and just passed away a few weeks ago. it was in, in his nineties, uh, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable mind, an unbelievable Talmud Chachem. and he has a whole article on Esther where he says, literally, the Mister Finna would suggest, based on a whole bunch of. Sources that but it's not explicit, it's all sort of his conjecture that the ninth of Teves is the day on which Yosef was sold by his brothers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Ari's asking a very good question why would it be a secret? And the answer to that is that, um, no,
1: kind
0: of secret. Secret. he was in, in, uh, an no. straw so? His brother was mm-hmm. a, his brother was more famous as a place, his brother was a dine on the Dechredis. And we're not gonna show me Fisher, you can read about him online. <laughs> anyway, um, but it's brought here from a number of different sources, and you can see the Phyllis, This is what the Itzach says. He says, "Why didn't? Why would I? Why would our, our sages Megillas Tanis be scared to say this? And rather, it's clear to me that there must be another reason which is not appropriate to publicize." And look over here in the Sefer the Babram Ben Chia. And look here and look there and look there. Now I didn't look at all the sources that he says, but I'm pretty sure I know what it says there. What it says there is that the ninth of Tavis is the birth of Yashka. Oh, okay. And um, the, birth of the, of... the birth of Yashka of Ish of Jesus. And um, Jesus. so that what
1: really can use the whole mythana thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> The thing is
0: the thing is that I can actually send you some some source material to this but I, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the 25th the, the, there's no historical uh, uh, re- 25th of December is the day when his birth is marked. It's not the day that nobody I don't think there's any scholars who claim
1: that that's actually his birthday it's a one in 365 chance. There's one in 365 chance. That is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Right. But also, but no, but if you say that the night of tables was the birth of Asia Ish, then it would also make sense why it makes sense why it's a day of mourning, and it would also make sense why they didn't want to say because it wasn't safe to do so. All right. Okay, so so far we have basically. Um, but, 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 but but sort of the classical sources, and certainly in the Piot. The Piot, the Stiches that, that we say, says three things one of the three things translation of the Torah, the death of Ezra, and besieging the wall. H- what is the connection between all these three things? So he brings over here a nice verse from Sipsal Rebbele- Yezer, Rebelezer Waldenberg. He says like this um, that. Um, the translation of the Torah into Greek, which is sort of the catalyst for the philosophers to, 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 for the distortion of the Torah, that is the obvious precursor to the death of Ezra, right? Not necessarily historically, but conceptually, the end of. Um, what is? In other words, Ezra is the transmitter of the Torah, right? right? So the translating the Torah into the Greek, serving as the catalyst for the forgery of the Torah. That leads us into thinking about the death of Ezra, who is the communicator of the Torah, um, which leads us into the destruction of our nation in general, as alluded to in the in the in, in the fast in, in, in the besieging of Jerusalem and the destruction of the basement. Um, I, I should mention that uh, I don't know who, but I believe that this is still commemorated today. that Somehow, after the Holocaust. Perhaps the Rabbanut in Israel, I don't know who decided that the 10th of Tevis should be Akoli, the day that all those who lost relatives in the Holocaust who don't know the yard site should observe the yard site and say Kaddish on the 10th of Tavis. And I believe there are still people who do that today. Obviously, as yes, time goes on, it's becoming less. Um, but um, why, why, why that day? Well, I don't know why they chose that day, but uh, they did. Okay. Now, Ari mentioned before um, the famous Shittah that if HaSariah Batevis were to fall on Shabbos, we would fast even on Shabbos. Now, oh, so what's the source of this? This is the source of the Buddha, quoted by the Bishasif that if this day were to fall on Shabbos, we would fast on Shabbos. And the Bishasif says, uh, uh, why? Because as we saw before, the Pesach, when Hashem tells Yechazkel to write down this day, he tells him, et samayim this very day. So et this very day, means it has to be on that day and cannot be budged. So that's why, we would fast even if it were to fall on Shabbos. Now, in the calendar that we have today, our Saurabh can't fall on Shabbos, but um, so all the other fasts, obviously not in Kibbe, people <coughs> Shabbos, but all the other fasts, if they fall on Shabbos, right, we push them off. Shishabon goes to Sunday, Shabbos, Tani you go back to Thursday, whatever it is, but you don't fast on Shabbos. Our Davis can't fall on Shabbos, but the Buddha says, if it could, we would. Now, even though it can't, but there's still enough and Lemaisa, first of all, even after the destruction of the temple, there was still a long period where they were still using the sanctification of the moon based on witnesses. Um, and so in those days, Asar could have fallen on Shabbos. And at least according to some opinions, the restoration of sanctification of the moon based on witnesses can occur prior to the building of the base of Mikdash. And so that would also be... Uh, um, that would also be ha- have, have the relevance then. Additionally, Asar B'tavis can occur. It's not, it's not common, but it does happen. It happened, I think, last year or two years ago, that Asar B'tavis was on Friday. And um, so then it, it could sort of override the Shabbos. Like you could bring in Shabbos early, or, or even if you don't bring in the Shabbos early, if you don't, if you daven in, in Chabad, we do wait to daven in minors till nightfall, but and if you daven in, in Mayrath straight after candle lighting, you come home, might still be 10-15 minutes before nightfall, and Khira, you would have to, according to Abu Dharam, for sure, you would have to wait another few minutes till the, the, till the emergence of three stars to, 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 to make Kiddush. Now, before, I should mention that it, it's almost explicit in Rashi and in the Rambam that they disagree with this Abu Dharam. and the Bishat himself says, I don't know where the Abu Dairam gets this from, he says, he um, says, and uh, the Rambam writes, if any of the four fasts fall on Shabbos, you push them off. So he says four fasts, assuming four uh, counts as Saurabhatevis. So it seems that the Rambam disagrees. And also um, there's a Rashi, which says, says otherwise, there's possibly another way to read the Rashi. Perhaps we'll talk about that next week. Um, but, uh, but but there, there is this idea. Now, why would that be the case? Why, why would... Um, why would it be that asana b'teva should be so bad um, that that we would override shabbos where even tishba we don't override shabbos and the 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 most common answer given to this question is
1: that one second yeah is that it's the beginning
0: it's the beginning of the downfall everything else yes of course the destruction of the temple is worse than Yisrael is being mean besieged, and everything. There's many other things that are in and of themselves worse. But this is the beginning of the. This is the beginning of the end, and the beginning of the end that that has a, a much stronger severity. There's a very interesting part from the Bnei Saskar on this. We know the Gemara says we've discussed this Gemara before that <clears throat> that Rabbi Yochanan said we said the pasuk says so, sorry. Rabbi Yechelen says that. I take it off? I'm not sharing the screen no, uh, 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 says that if I would have been around in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, the Gemara in I don't remember where. Tainus. End of Tainus. That Daf should be learning it one of these days. That um, that if I had been around, I would have made the fast of, of Tishah B'av. I would have made it on the tenth of Av. That happens to be Aaron Marinelli's birthday. Oh.
1: Um,
0: but but why would he have made it on the tenth of above? <laughs> why would that have been on the tenth of Av? Why would it be Because that's when the base of Minkosh says they 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 they, lit, they set fire to the base of Mingosh toward the end of the ninth of Av. and but but the, 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 the bulk uh, certainly uh, in in quantity, the bulk of the destruction happened on the tenth of. Off. So realize says had I been around, I would have made it on the tenth of Av. But obviously, the the, the the sages at the time made it on the ninth above. why Why? So, so the, the Gemara says, in t- t- how
1: "What?" It well,
0: there was probably a lot of wood in there too. They yeah, burnt it. They, they smashed
1: it. So the wood burns. No, the the Once the, 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 the foundations. Stone was very uh, uh, exploded. You gotta have 9-11 conspiracy
0: theories over there. I read uh, um, that uh, thing that the, the limestone or whatever
1: the uh, Moisture in it? No, the limestone. Yeah, it's it, it, it hidden uh,
0: so the Gemara says over there that why did the so why in fact did the sages choose to, to make the fast in the ninth above? Because it says because that's when it started. When it started so B'nai Sasva says, where did they get it from? Where did the sages get it from that you're supposed to make it, you're supposed to fast. Because of the um, w- 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 not when the worst thing happens, but when it actually started. They got that from the Samear uh, from mm-hmm. the Tent of Tabas. We see in the tent of Tabasame that we fast even on Shabbos when When it was the beginning of the downfall. So that sets the tone for us that within the other fast days also when tishabov oh, Tisha why where did they get it from? This has been a this. Yeah. Time. Yeah? That they that the, 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 the taught the Chachamim you're supposed that, that the beginning of the of the downfall that's the that's what really matters um now the magistran khumma uh, you know what there's a there's a very interesting weekly journal thing that comes out called i think it's called alem i don't know i get it by email um he always has interesting stuff here um he has an interesting varta here he says that um shivasapatamas is represents the beginning of downfall. Um, for example, the, 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 they made the golden calf on on Zabtama. That, that was sort of the first really bad thing that they did, right? And that was that brought down the impoktifakaditi that for future times there would be retribution of the golden calf. That brought down Zuham elam right? But that didn't actually materialize until the Tisha which is the Miraglim, the, the, the spies, which that sort of Tisha B'av then became the day of the Churban, um, and he brings other things also. For exa- right, Shavasot Betamuz is when the wall is breached. Um, Sh- um, Tisha B'av is when the when the when the temple was actually destroyed. So if you look, he he suggests he says like this: if you look at Shavasot Betamuz and and, and and Tisha B'av together, you see Shavasot is the beginning of the problems, and Tisha B'av is the end of the problem of the. It's sort of the, te- the two sides of the same coin. He says, "I'm not sure that this, this historically. I'm not sure what he means by this, but I'll just read what he says." Seventeenth of Thomas was an ideology was introduced to the Kodesh Hakadosh by Menashe, right? And the ninth of us was the final blow the destruction of Beitar. I'm not, I'm not sure why he's mentioning that because those are years apart, but he he sees these theme th- 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 this theme. that also awesome, marks the beginning of destruction, and Tishba the end. He says, "Now what about Asar B'tevis? Sarbatavus is both. It's the beginning because that's when the city was besieged, and it's also the end because that's when the reporter, the reporter comes to the to like we said before—to the to the diaspora with the report that the base of Minsk was destroyed. So, so, he says that's the severity of Sarbatavus, and it has both. Shavasambatamos so is just the beginning, and is just the end. Sarbatavus is the beginning and the end, so that's why it's more severe. I'll just conclude this um, this thought with a medrash that's brought medrash talchuma, in Tazria, where he says, because because the Sfarim talk that he brings here from uh, some Soifer that talks about that um, every year on Asar Tevis, there's a new judgment if the temple should be rebuilt that year. There's the Maharal that has also um, sort of Kabbalistic things about uh, Tevis being a really bad month, um, and the Mender says that really the time for the destruction should have been in Tevis. But Hashem did the kindness, and that's why Hashem says to your go right down at some Yemazet. But Hashem did the kindness to Jewish people. That is the Jewish people would have had to travel and you know for all these many months around and around as they did until they got to Bovel. In David's time, starting from David's time, would have been traveling in the cold and they would not have survived, right? Like we know from the death marches, right? <laughs> so it's kind of on the one hand sort of, it's a time that's, quote, opportune for the destruction, but at the same time, it's Hashem showing His kindness to the Jewish people that He delayed the destruction until a, a, a warmer month. Now, I'm going to conclude the Asar B'teim's class with mentioning a couple of, um, uh, two points um, from the rabbi Sikhas and Asar The on the fast days was always emphasizing the First of all, the tshuva, that the point of fasting that i am always quoted the Rambam, that the whole idea of fasting is to be bring ourselves to tshuva, to arouse ourselves to, to, to return and to tshuva. And, um, and how that is the catalyst, just like the Rambam says in general, that tshuva brings about, brings Mashiach, right? So if you saw last, it's tshuva, Really, the point of the fast is to do to which brings about the transformation of the fast, as we know that the fast will be transformed into days of celebration. So, um, two points which I'll mention in this vein from the Kutisichas. One is there's a very um, beautiful sikha, long Sikha and Aswanabitevis, and it's an association to Parshishva Yigash in the <coughs> Kutisichas Chelik volume in 15.
1: And at the end of that Sikha, The rabbi says that, 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 we, that
0: we're saying that the fast of Asar B'tavis is much deeper mourning than the other fast. It would even override Shabbos according to Buddha So what that tells us is that the Teshuvah of Asar B'tavis, and why? Because Asar Batevis is the catalyst, the beginning of the temple, It's the catalyst for all future destruction. The rabbi elaborates now; it's the catalyst even for the destruction of the second temple because the second temple was never really completely um, never really completely uh, compensated for the destruction of the first the second temple was was missing the divine revelation in the same way it was in the first temple so 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 it's really the beginning of the downfall and that's why um, it's so bad and therefore the teshuva that we ought to be elicit on asharavativus is much is a much deeper tshuva as well now when you talk about tshuva, like there's a concept in this again and i'm trying to summarize that that, that part of the Sikha. there's a concept in the where you have in, in the words of chesilis it's Atmos. when you come to Atmos, the very essence of hashem and the very essence of an neshama then there's no more you, you can't sort of it's not you can't express it it's not you can't express it in words you can't exp- express it in emotions it's beyond description and beyond definition and that's the the level of teshuva that we are to access on our story is that so the rabbi brings for example that famously in the rabbi's teachings there's two periods within the time of mashiach two tukufas so the first tukufa we have a khilo that we're eating the 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 shayar bar and the We're eating the the fish of the shayar bar now whatever that means. if It doesn't mean eating necessarily in the physical sense, but we're using the word eating. In other words, it's some tangible manifestation of pleasure. But then you have the second where there's no eating and drinking. In other words, it's such a sublime thing that it can't, it's such a sublime experience that it can't be manifest or expressed in eating, drinking, and etc. So that's sort of the idea of Asar Betevis overriding Shabbos that the, the teshuva of Asar B'tavis reaches, in the words of Chassidus, reaches higher or reaches deeper than does the eating of Shabbos, right? Which is a similar thing to explains why Yom Kippur overrides Shabbos. Why does Yom Kippur override Shabbos? Because Shabbos is a tremendous level that we eat and we celebrate Shabbos by Oine, by drawing food on Shabbos. Yom Kippur is an even higher level that we can't even eat. It's even higher than that. So Asar bet kind of has that also, that, uh, that aspect. And it's, it, it, it overrides Shabbos because we're reaching a level of tshuva where we can't, where where, where the celebration is so sublime that it can't even be expressed um, through eating and drinking. Um, that's one um, summary of a seicha of the Rebbe. And then <coughs> one more seicha is in Chayel Chovei in, in one twenty-five, where the Rebbe says that what's the, that in every every time when Hashem gives. Uh, slap to the Jewish people? There's always the antidote to the cure built within the Marka. So where do you see that on It says, what happened to Asar Batevis? says, the reason for the destruction or the way we bring Mashiach is through achtos through sinless chilem, was hatred. So we counted that through connection and obviously strong. What happened on the tenth of Tevis? All the people were forced to be together. They were besieged in the city. Nobody could leave. Nobody from the outside could come in. So Asara Batevus is telling us: You want to, This is the beginning of the destruction. You want to know how to undo this. Everybody, be together. Everybody, be ba'achtos. Not only should you just be together. But you should be together in Yerushalayim. <coughs> Yerushalayim is a place which is Moira to yira. The pasuk says. Tosis explains. Uh, the, the pasuk says that when you eat when you ha- eat it, it teaches you to fear Hashem. Why does eating Meish teach you to fear Hashem? Because you spend time in Yerushalayim. You have to eat Meish in Yerushalayim. Spend time in Yerushalayim, you fear Hashem. So what's the antidote to galus? Being together, and in the spirit, guided by Yerushalayim, with the fear of Hashem, with the and of Yerushalayim, with the